At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome into Odds On. I am Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. Good Monday morning to you here in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Huge program on tap. Jeff Erickson from Rotowire is going to join the program. I want to talk to him about a concept that I heard for the first time strike presentation presented that way about catchers actually being ranked uh, in analytics on how well they frame pitches. In other words, I mean, I was watching this Eric Haas for the Tigers just absolutely screw the pitcher over by stabbing at the ball here and there against that early game of the Yankees on Peacock. And, and it came to my head. And then the commentators actually mentioned it as well as the Cy Young races in both divisions. We have possibly the final game of the Western conference final tonight in Edmonton, Noah Vander Kane for the Oilers. Colorado with a chance to close it out. Great game yesterday in Amelie. We'll get to that. But first, let's start. Well, we're heading to Boston now. Game two in the books of the NBA Finals and the Warriors. Even the score, 1-1, final 107-88. Really wasn't that close. Led by 29 at one point early in the fourth quarter, Amal. Although, uh, just by two at halftime. They covered the closing number, which I said would be higher than game one. It was four and a half, um, but stayed under the total 213 and a half. I caught it under 204 and a half early in the fourth quarter. Never really had as sweated as the, the Celtics gave up the ghost pretty early last night. Yeah, it was a fir- tight first half, and then mm-hmm. in the second half, Golden State. And, you know, this team has been the best team in the NBA in the third quarter, and they showed it once again, getting things level. But I'll tell you, when you look at the box score of this game, um, you have to be concerned if you're Golden State. It seems to be Steph, and then you're not sure who's going to be the next person to step up. Clay Thompson struggled in this game once again. Um, 
I'm just not sure who's that consistent second guy for them right now because Clay's not been that guy. In the second half last night, it was Jordan Poole yeah. who hit, it seemed like, about four three-pointers between the end of the third quarter and start of the fourth quarter, including one from nearly half court to close out the third quarter with a 20-point lead. Before the series started, Amal, Warriors were about a $1.50 favorite. Mm-hmm. Heading to Boston 1-1, Celtics the slightest of series favorites, minus $1.15. Do you agree with that adjustment, and do you think there's an opportunity to take either of these teams heading into game three for the series. Um, you know, I don't necessarily agree with the price. Out. If you had the Warriors as the favorite before the series started, I would probably have them back to being a slight favorite around 115 or 120 myself. Uh, I'm surprised by this overreaction or correction. Um, you look at Golden State last night. Uh, Kevon Looney, six for six, probably the most impressive feat, but Clay, four for 19. Andrew Wiggins, four for 12. Overall, Jordan Poole, six for 14 from the floor. Steph, nine for 21. It was the three point line where those two guys, Poole and uh, Steph, go 10 for uh, 21. In my mind, I think there's value in taking the Warriors here. And it's because yeah. I say this if Jason Tatum continues to play the way he's played in the first two games, the Celtics are not winning this series. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean... I think the box score is deceptive. I agree night. with that. No, when no. they got down 15, he drove and got to the free throw line a bunch, right? Yeah. But while the game was still in doubt in the middle of the third quarter, he's just not getting it done on the offensive end. He hasn't been, but the defensive effort by Golden State was far better last night. Uh, Jalen Brown goes 5 for 17. You mentioned Tatum 4 for... Uh, excuse me, 8 for 19. Uh, Derek White for 4 for 13. My question is, why the hell is Derek White taking 13 <laughs> shots? When, I can't answer you. <laughs> I mean... I'm just surprised to see a guy from Tad Boyle's roster having this much of an effect in an NBA Finals. Uh, let's talk about now. We we actually legitimately take a couple of days off to travel across the country. We don't need three days off when you're staying in the same place. They'll go Wednesday, Friday now, the next two games. Game three, Wednesday night. Hotel must be closer in Boston. <laughs> Game three, Wednesday night uh, at the Garden. <laughs> Celtics. Three and a half point favorite of all with a total of two twelve. Are you surprised at all by that line? Yeah, this uh, this total is wicked far. I mean, I thought it was going to be you know at least two ten, maybe two oh eight, but uh, two twelve and a half. Uh, a little bit surprised by this number. I thought it'd be about two ten. You think the side is though about where you're thinking? Would you think this game will close three and a half? I, I think do not. Co- I think it'll come down. Come down, right? Yeah, I, think I think it closes two and, two and a half. Yeah, so do I. Very good. All right, now let's get into what you really love to do, and that's bet the player props. <laughs> Because that's but I you lost. Been, you, I lost last night. That actually, son of a. You've actually been betting more on the player props in the I games. I have. Clay Thompson. He gets the number of shots I needed. You know, Britton sends a text and he goes, "I like Clay over 19 and a half," and I agreed with him. And I said, t- I talked to Britton on the phone last night. And I said, I said, hey, you know, the, I was being sarcastic. I said, thanks for the Clay play. And and uh, he goes, well, I said, no, 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 I like that play. I really did. 19 and a half. I thought he'd definitely get over it. He gets 19 shot attempts. Mike Clay Thompson, you figure he gets 19 shot attempts. He's easily going to get over that number. Really struggled. Uh, finals MVP market. Steph Curry is even money after game uh, game two. Jason Tatum plus 115. I, if I want to attack this, I want to try to draw a line through Tatum here and find something else besides that. And maybe it's betting Steph Curry and then coming back with, with Jalen Brown, who right now is 10 to 1. I still think Jalen Brown has to be the favorite because when Boston won the game, he was a better performer. Mm-hmm. Now we've got you got a best out of three out of five. Um, you know, Brown's got a possibility of having a tremendous impact on this game. I, you know, they're they're talking about Jason Tatum, like this is the Jordan Bulls and and Jalen Brown is Pippen. This this is not even that way. It's not even close to being that. Yeah, they kept saying on the broadcast last night, and they keep rotating these teams through these NBA finals. Who was it last night? Uh, you had. Um, uh, 
Uh, is it Mike Breen back? No, Breen is not back hey, yet. That, uh, Mark, Mark that, Jones? That's what the problem is. That no, wasn't Jones. But oh. uh, um, talking about Tatum, about first-team All-NBA, first he's your man, he's the man, he's the man, he's your, like, overemphasizing this kid. Is it? <laughs> is he a top three player in the NBA? No. Is he a top five player in the NBA? I don't think so. I, I don't think so either. I mean, he's a good young player. He's top 10, top 20. Maybe he's a top six player one day, top eight player, but... It isn't right now. No. And I don't think Boston's got it done through team defense. No question about distributing it. Distributing the ball, rebounding the ball, playing as a team. This guy can't be the standalone superstar here if they expect to win. Let's put it this way. Jason Tatum was not the reason they won game one. Not at, not at all. Not even close. <laughs> Three for 17 from the field. Yeah. Okay, finals points leader. Uh, Steph, Steph has a pretty big lead right now. Uh, he has 63 Jalen Brown, 41. Tatum, 40. Steph's minus $5 to score the most points in the finals. Tatum, plus 450. Jalen Brown, 10 to 1. Clay, who has 26, is 130. Everybody's more than 101 after that, even Al Horford. I, I'll tell you what. First of all, I said the other day at minus 250, take Steph. Now he's got a 22-point 22, <laughs> 22 lead over Brown. Barring injury. It's, Bar, that's exactly in, what it was. Inconceivable. Yeah. Barring injury is the only way you're going to be able to beat him in this one. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right. I want to talk a little bit about the NBA draft. Oh, yes. Because hey, you enjoy yep. you enjoy this because you're a big fan of the college game. Um, we talked about the first overall pick uh, a couple months ago, early April, mm -hmm. April 5th. Now we're here, sitting here June 6th, so two months and a day later. At that time, Jabari Smith was even money. Chet Holmgren was plus 165, Paolo Benchero plus 275, and then long shots, Jaden Ivey 50 to 1, Keegan Murray 200 to 1, Johnny da 100 to 1, Johnny Davis 200 to 1. Today, currently, now, Jabari Smith from even money to minus 330 to be the first overall pick, Chet Holmgren plus $3, Paolo Benchero 15 to 1, and the rest of the field more than 100 to 1. Well, first of all, they don't, and unfortunately here in Vegas, now, if you have access to offshore books or other places, you can make these bets sooner, but I thought Jamari Smith was going to be the first pick overall to begin with because of what he can do in today's NBA. He's a terrific player, tremendous shooter from the perimeter, good size, good free throw shooter, good motor. Um, I have some questions and concerns about home, uh, Holmgren. I think Palo Bancaro is going to be terrific. But the guy that I really like, and I think he could become uh, John Morant, but even better potentially, is Jaden Ivey. But you don't think he's going to go as the top pick? I, no, I do not believe he's the top pick, no. If you had the top pick, you would take Jabari Smith. Without question. Uh, let's let's wrap up our talk of the French Open Yeah. Um, to close out the segment. Shame on both of us who didn't take the surest thing in sports before the tournament started, and that's Rafa, Rafa Nadal. Rafael Nadal? Yeah, I know. Rafa Nadal on the clay where you could have got um, upwards of $275, $3 on him uh, to win the French Open. He was dominant in the final. I'll ask you this question. Who was more dominant in the, than their final? Iga or Rafa? Rafa. Rafa won the last 11 games. <laughs> Rafa said you can have a 3-1 lead. By the way, this thing's over. You could have made a lot of money betting the games to, to, for him to break. He was still a plus price all the way through that third set. The, the last game, in fact, the sixth game of the third set, it was even money. Which is surprising to me uh, because when a person is demoralized in a match like that, Mike, they're down you know, two sets and down 0-5 they're generally going to get broken. You, you just see it constantly in tennis. Some of the, one of the great betting opportunities on taking the receiving player as opposed to the server in those situations. All right, let's look forward to Wimbledon mm -hmm. and get your early thoughts on both the men and the women's side. Joker, plus 150 
on the men's side. Yep. Carlos Alcaraz plus four fifty. Rafa seven to one. Berrettini ten to one. Cici plus twelve to one. Um, Shapovalov, uh, Shapovalov fourteen to one. Felix Auger Alessime, however you say that, sixteen to one. Nick Kyrgios twenty to one. Hubert Hercaz twenty five to one. Taylor Fritz twenty eight to one. Marin Cilic thirty five to one. By the way, if we were going based on your name pronunciation, you'd be looking at twenty five to life on the homicides you've just committed. Now, there should be a whole segment of me pronouncing the tennis names. One, one, one viewer wrote. <laughs> yeah, I think they're correct on that. Um, is plus one fifty two short on Djokovic? Oh, Djokovic won six of the last tourna- ten tournaments, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in between there, who who is there? Uh, Roger and Murray. Uh, I don't think Rafa's won since two thousand ten. He's never had tons of success on grass court. You got to go back to when he was much younger. Uh, Novak has won the last three, 18, 19, and 21. Remember, there was no tournament in 2020 due to COVID. I mean, he has been dominant at, at this tournament. And by the way, if you're looking at anybody else, go, you, do you know outside of the big four, which included Andy Murray at one point in time, Mike, nobody has won this tournament in the last 17 tournaments outside of Murray, Roger, Rafa, and Novak. Yeah. Um Johnny Max said Roger not coming back till after the U.S. Open. So we won't see him in a major until I can't Australia even see next Johnny. year. I can't see Roger coming back. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now through the end of July, including Adam Burke, Major League Baseball Best Bets, JVT on the NBA Finals, and Andy McNeil on the Stanley Cup Playoffs. We'll also be covering preseason football, golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. That's $39 all the way through the end of July. All right, coming up next, Amal, we'll get to the ice. Chance for the Edmonton Oilers to close it out or to get closed out tonight by the Avalanche. I like the puck line in that game. I do too. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 challenge today at ZYN.com slash 10. That's ZYN.com slash 10. Zen nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 plus who currently use tobacco or nicotine. This product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. In 15 minutes, Jeff Erickson from Rotowire will join the show to talk all things baseball especially some Cy Young races. And is the race is over in four of the six divisions. There are only two of them that seem competitive right now, Amal. But let's go to Amelie yesterday. That was the scene of the crime. We're midway through the second period. The Rangers got a friendly whistle, I thought, for the first half of the game. Get two power play goals and lead two to nothing. And I'm licking my chops at the thoughts that my ticket's going to make it all the way to the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, but not so fast. They get a penalty right back after taking the lead. Tampa Bay gets the goal on the power play 2-1, and then they beat them with a last-minute goal, 3-2. Series now 2-1. Yeah, but if you had the Rangers like I did yesterday, it was plus 340 when they were 2-0. I mean, you felt like with Tampa's season on the line, I thought, I, I forgot who, uh, was a, uh, Ray Ferraro made a great comment. Nine minutes to go. And that double minor against uh, Kucherov. He said their season's on the line here. I, I did make a bet. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't take a side. I'm just letting my Rangers yeah. ticket ride. I thought the price was too high on Tampa anyhow. That's, if that, I did well, not have a Rangers ticket, I'm obligated to bet the Rangers plus $1.55 But that's there. why I took the Rangers. Yeah. I didn't think this price should be this out of whack. And no, by the way, no. neither of these teams can score in four-on-four. Four, I mean, five-on-five five five situations. The Rangers didn't score at all yesterday. Four power play goals. Uh, what? Tampa Bay had a franchise record, uh, playoff record, 51 shots on goal. Okay, they get the double minor, yeah. and they killed off, what, about a third of it, and then they take a, and then Rangers minute, get a minor. Minute 33. They, they were lobbying for two penalties on yeah, that play, which would have been interesting. But at that point, when they negated the double minor, yeah. I bet under five and a half minus 160. 
I had somebody on Twitter message me, and I said, before the third period started, I said, take under five and a half. And the score was 2-1 going into the third. But it was a higher price then than it was, yeah. on, and it was like 180. I thought 160 was too short because you were going to get four on four action. Really, and then and then there were... Well, four, four on four opens up the ice. I get it, but but at the point where you have that four minute, you're a favorite for them to score on the four minute power play on the double minor. Yeah. The Rangers are a favorite to score. At that point, when it wipes it out, then you get to five minutes, they get the goal. I really had to fade about 30 seconds of an empty net there to not lose that. Speaking of point, I'll tell you what, the loss of Braden Point hmm. for Tampa cannot be overstated. I mean, it's really been huge. This guy's been their best player in the playoffs the last couple of years. And without him, I know they've got a ton of talent. It's still been a challenge, but give Coop's team credit. They fought back in this game down 2 nothing. Could have easily folded the tent when, you, tent when you're looking at the way Shesterkin has played. Nice job of rebounding. Well, By the way, the penalties, the uh, high-sticking calls, and it, it's just been unbelievable. You don't see this, this uh, the prevalence of high-sticking in the regular, regular Never. season? No. First of all, it seems like in the regular season, there has to be some carelessness or intent with it. You know yes, what I mean? Yes. Here, the guys are at their waist level or lower with guys coming in behind them and calling it yeah. or off the face-off. We've seen several of these right off the face-off with their stick coming up after the face-off. Yeah, but, and I'm just surprised by it, but if either team can stay out of the box, they got a great chance. What price did you get on the Rangers yesterday? Plus, I took them about 150. Yeah, I didn't realize this. He closed at 190 in some places, Tampa Bay. Uh, wow, that's Ludicrous. All right, series price. Uh, Rangers a dollar forty, Lightning plus one twenty. Agree with that? Repeat the price again. Rangers a dollar minus a dollar forty. Yeah, Lightning plus one twenty. I think that's right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, total number of games in the series: seven games plus one twenty-five, six games plus one forty-five, games plus four dollars. Um, ooh, that's a good one because look, if the Rangers win game four, we're yeah, not coming back. But if Tampa wins, I got to tell you, obviously we go six and then potentially seven. But I think if Tampa wins, I, I like their chances to be able to win this series, even though I like the Rangers before the series started. You can't count the Lightning out ever. Look ahead to Tuesday night's game at Emily Game 4. Lightning are $1.75 again, which was about the opener, closing one ninety. Um, five and a half minus one twenty-five. Nothing really changed in the price yeah. from Game 3 to 4. I think, the, I think the price is still too high on Tampa. I think you have to take a look at the Rangers at this particular price. Um, by the way, quickly, I want to ask you about the Avalanche. I had a couple of friends of mine say to me, they go, well, they think Colorado's winning it all. This team just looks so good. Are you buying it? I still stand by that the team from the East is winning it. Uh, I would make the Avalanche a small favorite in the final because they'll have home ice. They're going to have home ice. They They're going to also be off for several days. You look at your odds to win the Cup. They're 220 right now. Well, the it's high. They're all, they have punched their ticket. Um, does that mean they'll reset to higher than that against the, against uh, either the Rangers or the Lightning? Rangers plus 380, Lightning plus 5. Rangers were down to $3 before yesterday's game. I remember. And if they would have won, I could have got off this ticket at like 330 because they'd have gone down to like 220. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it, it would have been almost with 3-0 both series, it would have been a, a finals matchup price right. on their Stanley Cup odds. Um Look, you have to play well to beat the Avalanche, but I think you can score on them. Uh, can you hold them to three a game? Can you hold them to two a game? And can you win in Denver? Now, St. Louis did twice, so that's a good sign. The Oilers did not. Uh, let's talk about that game tonight uh, in Edmonton. No Evander Kane. He's suspended for the game. No Kadri. He's out because of the hit. Uh, Avalanche, 
Minus a dollar thirty-five. I've I've seen it as low as a dollar twenty-nine in some places. A mall. Uh, take back a dollar fifteen, dollar twenty on the Oilers. Uh, total of seven. Juice to the under minus one thirty-five. I like the puck line here. I found I found Avalanche plus one eighty-five on the puck line. Well, they won all three games by two goals or more. P- plus, this is an early pull down three nothing. Absolutely, and um, I, I just think mentally it's tough now for Edmonton. You know, you're down. You know what you got to face. You've got to go to Colorado twice to win. It's going to be hard enough. Um, you know, the other thing I want to point out real quick, Joe Sackick, give him a ton of credit for them not file, firing Jared Bednar after three consecutive losses in the second round. Because the last two years, when you look at Colorado, everyone thought they should have been in the cup finals. So many teams would have made a change. They've stuck with Bednar. Now they're a game away, five games away from lifting the cup. I, I think this shows that sometimes if you stay with the staff, you might get to where you want to be. I, I will say so as well. Any thoughts on your total seven here? We've seen after that that first game kind of head faked everybody to pounding the overs, and we've had two solid unders after that. Yeah, but it's the playoffs. You have to expect a little bit more of a tighter type of game, and it happened in games uh, two and three. Is, is a preflop position here to take under seven plus 115 and then manage it in game? Under is minus 135. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah. the, the, the minus 135 and then I manage would. it in game? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because... The first thing is, depending on how the game's being called from a penalty standpoint, and then on top of it, if you don't see a ton of early scoring, you get a great chance to be able to middle a position. All right, Amal, let's go back to, we covered the men's side of Wimbledon. Yep. I want to get to the uh, women's side of Wimbledon now in the, in the futures market. And Iga Sviatek, that was her 35th win of the, uh, in a row, yeah. uh, winning her second French Open uh, over Coco Golf impressively in straight sets. She is your Wimbledon favorite. Last week, she was plus 250. This week, she's plus 150, and nothing unexpected happened. Uh, Naomi Osaka, who has said she may not play in Wimbledon because there's no points because of none of the Russian players, plus 850. Simona Halep and Coco Goff are 12 to 1. Emma Raducanu, 15 to 1. Paula Badosa-Gilbert, 16 to 1. Annette Kontaviet, 16 to 1. Petra Kvitova, 18 to 1. Bianca Andreescu, uh, Karolina Pliskova, Barbara Kechakova, all 20 to 1. Belinda Bencic, 22 to 1, as is Muguruza. Maria Sakari, 25 to 1. The Taco on Jabur, 28 to 1. <laughs> the, um, you know, to me, uh, obviously, Schweitek is uh, odds on favorite, no surprise there. But you look at Halep's had success at Wimbledon. She played probably the best match of her career against Serena in the finals, dominating in that one. Um, Jelena Ostenpinko, 35 to 1, is the last person to beat Iga. Yeah, because Ostapenko is like Dave Kingman, right? Everything is swing for the downs. Uh You know, just go for the winners. Go for the winners. And potentially on a a grass court with her style of play, it could be effective. But the problem is she has too many double faults in her her repertoire. Um, Look, Schweitek's best finish at Wimbledon was last year in the fourth round. Um, She should be able to get past that at this point in time. Osaka's a big threat. um, But remember, she hasn't won here. She's won at Australia, and she's won in the U.S. Open. Uh, I don't know. Look, you're not taking anything away from Schweitek, but the women's draw sucks. There's just no other way to put it. It's terrible. There, there are not elite players out there right now. And the great ones like, you know, Petra Kvitova's won this tournament twice. Petra's over 30. She's not the same player she once was. Halep's been dealing with injuries. Garbina Muguruza looks like she might be on the, uh, you know, on the WTA challenge. I mean, not challenger, um, playing at like 25K tournaments. She's been horrific lately. Um, there's just not a lot of competition out there. Would you take Swatek at plus one fifty? I thought you said it was like two dollars. Plus one, it was two fifty last week. Now plus one fifty. 
I By the time the tournament starts, she'll be minus 140. Yeah. You know, I took her plus $2 a month before the tournament. She won 20. Well, French was a little bit different for her. I got to tell you something. That's a rare thing where the taking the person before the tournament pays better than if you'd have rolled her seven times. If you took $100 and yeah. bet all seven matches, you won $52. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, Major League Baseball with Jeff Erickson. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Check out VSIN's Best Bets podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24 7 stream of VSIN experts tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sports books right here in Las Vegas and all across the country. Download the VSIN Best Bets podcast now at slash podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. And it's a Monday at 11.30 Pacific. So we bring in our friend Jeff Erickson, co-founder of Rotowire, and about to head to Dublin, Ireland tomorrow. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing well. Uh, excited about the trip, but excited to talk some ball now. Uh, it's uh, a, kind of a quiet slate today. It's uh, nice to hit that. Only six games today, but uh, after last week's wild week, it's nice to have a little bit of time, set all my lineups, and kind of get an idea for the week before I go. So, Jeff, how do you keep up with things when you're uh, in Europe there? Because you're going to have, what, five, six-hour time difference from New York? So a little bit late start in the middle of the night for you there on the baseball. Yeah, it is going to be. Well, we bought the international plan for our uh, phones and all that. I'm sure that'll help a little bit, but uh, it's going to be tricky. Uh, I have to do a lot of the legwork ahead of time. Jeff, I want to ask you a selfish question, and it's about, I want you to give me some advice for the NL Cy Young race, because I think I have it surrounded right now. Okay. I got Musgrove before the season at 50 to 1. I have Zach Wheeler at 18 to 1. I got me, myself some Sandy Alcantara early last week at 6 to 1. And I have this hater ticket at uh, 50 to 1, 70 to 1, and 50 to 1 as well. Who should I be afraid of if it's not going to be one of those four? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. uh, just looking at our earned auction values on Rotowire is just a quick proxy to maybe find mm -hmm. out you know, uh, some of the guys that might be a threat to you, just as guys that are pitching awfully well. Uh, I mean, all the Dodgers, I guess, would be the thing. is You're getting a benefit because Kershaw's been hurt so long. Bueller is not himself. But we got four months left in the season. We're one-third of the way into the season. So I'd say that Bueller and maybe Pablo Lopez are threats. In the NL, Corbin Burns is uh, probably the obvious threat. I, I shouldn't. I should have started with him, uh, but the Brewers are struggling. But we know that if Alcantara is a bet, then Burns would have to be a bet too. So uh, I, I think that's probably your biggest threat. I mean, dark horse Tony Gonsolin pitching so well, but no one really kind of views him as that the guy that's going to be their dominant ace or anything of that nature. But uh, I'd say Burns would probably be your biggest threat. I'd need five hundred to one on Walker Bueller. I, I was wrong on this guy, and Amal Shaw was right. I mean, he, he could, what, he got seven outs against the Mets after they shut him out twice? The point on Gonsolin is, can he sustain it for a whole year? He's been by far their best pitcher, and I thought about him. Something's wrong with Burns, and maybe you can tell me from an analytics standpoint. His control is not nearly what it was last year. Remember he struck out 50 before he even walked a batter last year? He does yeah. not have that kind of pinpoint control this year. It was a, a double whammy on the good side for me with a, a Friday night where Musgrove looked great, and they also scored five off Burns, the Padres did. 
Yeah, that was a huge weekend for the Padres to go in and sweep the or three out of four that win yeah. three in a row against the Brewers like that uh, and beating Burns. But I'll say this. He's walked 13 guys all year. It's not like he's like he's the in fact, his walk rate is lower on the season, 4.9 percent. But prior to last year, he walked about 10 percent of batters he faced and then he hit another level. And I was wondering if like the crackdown on sticky stuff would hurt him a little bit, but it really hasn't. I think this is just a one-off. I really want to be too worried about him in the long run. I think this is just one of those days. He just didn't have it. Um, I blame myself because I used him in DFS on that night. So that's probably me that caused that. If anything else, keep using him. <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> Jeff, I want to ask you in terms of evaluating bullpens, how should people look at a team's bullpen outside of bullpen ERA? Because I think sometimes an earned run average can be a bit deceptive for a, a pitcher sure. in relief. What are some maybe some statistics you can point to that people should look at they feel comfortable with a reliever or maybe or should be concerned? I think with all pitchers, you look at strikeouts first, right? Uh, and with relievers, it's especially important if they are coming into jams, you're looking the best way to get out of situations there is to miss bats, induce pop-ups, weak contact, but mostly missing bats uh, and not walking pitchers. I think that's the first thing you look at there is Ks and K minus walk. Things like that. It's a basic stat, but it, it goes a long way. Everything, a lot of our advanced metrics start and end with strikeouts. Uh, I want to ask you about maybe this is an analytical category that I've never heard of or heard of it in this way. But I was watching the early Peacock game yesterday uh, between the Yankees and the Tigers, and I was feeling bad for Ronnie uh, Garcia. How many pitches has lost him how many strikes by jabbing yeah. at the ball and they were talking about we always called it framing right how a catcher frames a mm -hmm. pitch but but they were talking about strike presentation and this catcher was ranked third in there in the league in strike presentation this is this a category and how seriously is it taken i think it's seriously it's taken very seriously by teams uh i think from probably some people that are better than i am at at, at analyzing catchers and figuring out who's better at that than others. But the data is out there. You go to Savant, baseball Savant or fan graphs, you can talk about uh, catcher framing a little bit. It might be an issue that melts away someday, though. Uh, if we get the robot umpires that we so desperately have been clamoring, clamoring for at times, I'm in favor of it, by the way. I, I would like to see an automated strike zone. Because I, I, One of the things I can't stand is hearing, well, that's not my strike zone with umpires sometimes. You see that some umpires are a little friendlier, others, and then you hear about, you know, catchers gaining, gaining and losing strikes as Haas might be. Uh, and the Tigers, that was a problem all year last year. The whole point of getting Tucker Barnhart was to get help those young pitchers out. Uh, and, you know, Haas has to catch every once in a while. Barnhart can't play 162 games, so you get that there a little bit. But especially on a Sunday game and a getaway game, uh, you'll see that more often than not. But I, it's to me, it's it's kind of like the you know, that that's one of those unintended consequences that I don't really love. But it's probably something that's happened throughout baseball i'd rather see it called properly but then again you open up that replay you open up automation the other other pandora pandora's boxes are opened uh you see that with instant replay for instance there with like stolen base plays a guy's foot is off the bag for a nanosecond well he's out now all of a sudden he was he was safe for all along but you know you see little things like that that kind of are annoying uh so i go back and forth on that but i i, I think i'm in favor of uh strike zone automation I am not a fan of it because I'm an under better. So I like it when you get in calls like we did late in the Dodgers game Saturday night. Balls were six inches off the plate. Ring them oh. up. We got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> there was one of those, an extra inning game, uh, Phillies and Dodgers. Uh, I don't know if you remember that game. It was like 9-7. You know, the, the over already had hit. But the umpire had enough. He was ready to go home. And Trey Turner got these two pitches that were called 
eight inches outside and breaking away. And, you know, it got to one, two, and then he had to swing at a ball way outside. Weak ground out to end the game. And it was like two runners on. It was a wild game. You know, neither bullpen could help hold in that game. And I just, I see that happening though. And I'm just, I don't even, I'm not even a partisan of either team. I just, it bothers me as a purist of the game. I just like, that's not a strike. Yeah. Oh, you're correct on that. And you do see some of these calls, but the inline betting, it makes a factor. And by the way, I got to bring this up real quick Saturday night. And I know you're aware of this, Jeff, Mike, I, you know, we talked about in the text with Britton and I, how about Dave Roberts trying to send a position pitcher out down five runs against the Mets. Now here's my issue. First of all, you don't know the rules. It has to be a six run differential. That's the dumbest thing I've seen outside of Gabe Kapler making a pitching change without nobody warming up. But the other <laughs> question I have to ask is, You've got eight, nine, and then Mookie, Freddie, and Trey Turner coming up. Why are you conceding the baseball game down five at Chavez Ravine in the bottom of the ninth, potentially? Chavez Ravine has been the second friendliest home run, home run ballpark in baseball this year. Only Cincinnati has been a better home run ballpark. Uh, Index for like you know you know the, the quality of the pitchers and all that uh, it is a it's the ball's been flying out this year. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I hate seeing position players pitch. I don't think it's fun. I don't think it's novel. I don't think it's inventive. Teams are carrying 14 pitchers, guys. How how is this like this proliferation of these position players pitching? It's not fun. It's not great. They're getting lit up too. It's just it's skewing some stats. I don't like it at all. I, I, I get off my lawn. Uh, but uh, you know, I just I just don't want it. I, I I'm with you. And how does Roberts not know the rule? I mean that that good on Buck Showalter for noticing it, enforcing it, and that had a difference yesterday too. Craig Kimbrell had to pitch two innings because they used an extra reliever on Saturday night. You know what? Good, good, good on Buck for noticing. Why did he bring Diaz in in the eighth and then try to to, to do it? There? I thought he was going to try to give Diaz a six out save yesterday. That was strange to me. Yeah, well, he brought him in the eighth because it was the, the tough part of the order, and it worked. He got all yeah. those three guys out too. You know, Lugo just couldn't finish the deal there. Uh, Lugo but, should be a starter, Jeff. Lugo should be a starting pitcher. I, I don't believe in using him in this role. This guy can throw 70, 80 pitches. He's done it. They've never really found a spot for him. Yeah, and especially when those three starters are out, they could have experimented yeah. with that. But uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I, I had no problem with what Buck did. I thought that was that was fine. I, a six inning, six inning save would have been. I mean, six out save would have been fine too. Except they played a night in San Diego, so maybe that's why he didn't go that route. By the way, why is Scott Service bringing in Sergio Romo down one run in Arlington when this guy gives up a run basically in every uh, appearance? You know, the Seattle bullpen is kind of evaporated this year. It used to be a strength last year. You know, we've, we've seen Steckenrider get sent down. Castillo has been hot and cold. Seawald's really the only reliable guy they have right now. So I, I don't know. It's just, I think it's just a different bullpen this year. Let's take you out with one game from today. John Gray was terrific in his last start. He's in Cleveland against the Guardians, a guy that I always bet the first five under, Cal Quantrill, because the markets just don't like him and don't respect him. Uh, Quantrill, a very small home favorite, but a total of nine and a first five of five. Any quick thoughts here? Jeff I'm I'm with you on the other under I kind of like that there and I think Quantrill I'm with you on Quantrill for that matter not a huge strikeout guy he's the analytics don't love him as much but seems to get the job done Jeff thanks for the time you and your family enjoy your trip to Ireland awesome thanks guys I'll talk to you in a couple weeks great insight as always yes he does all right when we come back we'll have our plays as well the rest of the slate in Major League Baseball
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet River Sportsbook is your home for betting on the pivotal Game 3 matchup between Boston and Golden State. And 3 is the magic number. When you bet on any player's total 3-pointers prop bet, you'll get a free bet on every 3 made in the game. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Bet on the 3s in Game 3 and score yourself free bets. Make your bets at BetRivers.com or on the BetRivers app. 
Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. Let's get straight to the plays. Amal, I know you have one on the ice tonight. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Colorado Avalanche, and I'm a little bit surprised myself. I didn't take the puck, puck line. I'll end up on this one, but I like Colorado tonight. Minus 130, getting up to minus 135 now in some places here. I think they should be able to roll in this game. Um, they're, they're just a far better team as they take on the uh, Edmonton Oilers tonight. I'm going to co-sign on that. I'm going to play it on the puck line. I, I found... Found a nice price here on the puck line for a one-unit play here. This is a, an elimination game for the Oilers. I think they miss will miss Evander Kane, who's suspended yeah. for this game. A chance for Colorado to close this out and get some rest as this series with the Rangers in Tampa Bay after that comeback in Emily yesterday seems headed to possibly six uh, or seven games. And then what I just mentioned with Jeff Erickson, uh, John Gray was terrific last out in Texas. Uh, and you've always been a big John Gray guy against Cal Quantrill, who gives you a decent effort. He's a contact pitcher. It's a big park there in Cleveland. First five under five minus a dollar ten. That's a two-unit play. We cashed Ega over the weekend, but we lost a Chilich play, and we lost the Tampa Bay play in game two as they finally lost a game following a loss. Two consecutive losses for the first time in three years in the playoffs for the Lightning. Yeah, I saw you were on uh, Chilich there. Um, well, I was on Chilich, but not for long. Yeah, you could see when that match turned. Well, I saw some other people on it. I knew it was a bad play. Well, how did I know? I mean, that that was my fault. I did, you got to do the research. Before we get in, there's only a handful of games today in Major League Baseball, and we talked about this Rangers game already. I want to talk about some division racism, all because some of them are getting out of hand. I mean, the Yankees in the AL East, I think the Astros are almost a mortal lock now, and as the Angels have lost 11 in a row in the AL West. Um, NL East, the Mets, decent. They go into Chavez Ravine. They split. With the Dodgers, I think that's a good result. Nobody really making up any ground behind them, although Joe Girardi's firing seems to maybe have given a little bit of life to the Phillies, or maybe that's just the effect of the Angels being in such a tailspin. Uh, but I want to ask you about the AL Central, because Minnesota goes in there, takes two out of three uh, from Toronto, continues to lead in the division. Guardians still in second. Uh, White Sox in third, but the White Sox the favorite at minus 105. You can get plus 115 on the Twins. Are you a believer in the Twins yet? Well, I would still prefer to take the Guardians, excuse me, or the White Sox, but they got an eight-game lead on the uh, Guardians in the win column, just one in the loss column, which is really interesting. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Um, It'll be interesting to see if they can make up the ground here. Yeah. Uh, And the Padres made up some ground on the Dodgers. They lost three in St. Louis, but then won three out of four in Milwaukee. While the Dodgers split with the Mets, Padres making that race tighter. Dodgers still a 330 favorite to win the West, plus 205 to win the National League, and plus 425 to win the World Series. Amal, you have them, I know, to win the World Series. Yeah, I got the Dodgers. They look good to me. They still got to go get somebody at the deadline, though, from a starting pitching standpoint, because I don't think at this point in time, if we get to October and DeGrom and Scherzer are healthy, I would make the Mets a favorite. Cardinals? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say Alonzo. He's been terrific for the Mets here at Chavez Ravine over the weekend. Yeah, he was. Uh, Not to to blow by it, but the Cardinals have tightened this race up in the NL Central. What are they, a half game back now with the Brewers? This was four and a half, five games a week ago. Did a great job of coming back a couple times against the uh, Cubs over the weekend, and now sitting uh, in the half a game back. Yeah. They're, They're really good in the field. Think well, about, they got five think, gold glovers. Think about think about Molina behind the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, Arenado at third. He's won the gold glove every year he's played yeah. in Major League Baseball. Yeah. The guys in the outfield have a lot of speed, yep. right? Bader and Donovan, and these guys track down a lot of balls, plus arms. 
very, very good. They're very, very good. If they can, you know, they have all these pitchers that pitch to contact. You know, that was the, I, did, I think what I read right, Wainwright's first time that he pitched seven innings in his career that he didn't have a strikeout last night. Wow. And they still, they come away, they get the run in the ninth and win in extra innings. Okay. Uh, first game today, 340 Pacific time in Cincinnati where <laughs> Louis Castillo lost to the Nats yesterday. Um, the Diamondbacks, losers in Pittsburgh, head in now a short trip to Cincinnati. Mad Bomb. Madison Bumgarner takes on Hunter Green of the 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. The Reds actually favored today at home a mall, $1.15, minus $1.05 on Mad Bomb and the Diamondbacks. Total 9.5 at the small park. First five, total five. Yeah, are we off the Reds winning the Central now? Well, I never, we were never on that. That ah. was a chic play for about a decade. but <laughs> It's amazing. Same thing with the Seattle Mariners every time I hear, oh, the M's are going to be good. <laughs> They're going to be great in the Pacific Northwest because there's no other teams. <laughs> Um, you know, in this matchup here, it's hard to back Hunter Green. You got to look at the uh, D-backs or no play here, in my opinion. Zach Galen, another good start yesterday. Got beat, though, by Thompson. 3 nothing Pirates yesterday. The Mets go down the coast after the four-game set. So they went to Colorado, then they went to L.A., and now down to San Diego to take on Blake Snell and the Padres tonight. This is an interesting line to me. Uh, Carrasco going. Snell and the Padres, a very slight home favorite. They're rolling pitching well. I thought they might be a little bit more tonight, like $1.25, $1.30. Only $1.15 at home tonight. Total seven. This is a 640 local start here at Pacific time. Shaded to the over. I like the Metropolitans. I know you're leaning towards the Padres here, but mm-hmm. I like Carrasco in this matchup against Blake Snell. I think the Mets have a far superior offense to the Padres. Picking, pitching matchup to me is about even, maybe a slight edge to New York in my opinion in this one, but I'll go with the Mets with the better offense. Blue Jays lost two out of three to Minnesota. Now they go on the road to take on the Kansas City Royals, who lost two out of three to the Houston Astros. Uh, Ross Stripling on the mound tonight for the Blue Jays against Lynch. Stripling, $1.60 road favorite here. Total nine and a half of them all. Yeah, this uh, Toronto team's been a little bit inconsistent. I know they've been eight and two in their last 10, but to me, I thought they would be more competitive with the Yankees than they've been so far at 31 and 22. Royals, you know, basically they're losing two out of every three games at this point in time. Um, I think you have to take a look at the Blue Jays in this spot. Up to $1.80. A run line, though. A run line, yeah. Uh, What was it, $1.15? Okay. Speaking of, Framber Valdez won his fifth straight start yesterday. Looked good. Gave up the one home run to Perez. No, Perez was in an 0 for 21. Salvador Perez, the the catcher, uh, well, or DH now, sometimes catcher, for uh, Kansas City. 0 for 21 slump hit two hit home runs and three out of four at bats after the 0 for 21 slump. Uh, so Feaster Fremen for Salvi Perez. But Valdez had that great start on opening night. I bet him at 100 to 1 for Cy Young. And then he, he scuffled about for a couple starts, but rolling now 7 and 2 in the ERA down around 2. Pitching well and really doing a nice shot with the Sashers. Big curveballs, hard to hit for but, the right handers. By the way, I feel like Houston right now is flying under the radar a little bit. Nobody's the, talking about the, maybe because the West is so bad. They are the most logical choice to win their division of anybody. Not Dodgers, not Mets, not Yankees. I don't see how the Astros, who's going to beat them? The Rangers? The Angels can't win a game. No, so I the question to... you asked, when does Joe Madden getting fired? They might have fired the wrong manager in that series, Girardi and, <laughs> Girardi and Madden. Well, I mean, you know, they were uh, 10 games over 500. And now they're one below. <laughs> yes. And our AL MVP, Shohei, hitting 240. Okay. Yeah, by, by the way, who are these morons that can pe- continue to tell you that Shohei's the MVP? Not just that he's the MVP, that, that no one else should even be considered. No, I, I want names of these idiots. Well... You don't need to go, go on the Twitter. Go on the Twitter or the podcast. 
or the podcast. He Towers, likes it. He the same guy who's you Darvish's agent tell me he's going to win 12 games. Or near. I said, take that bet. Towers still owes me for that one, by the way. Speaking of the Astros, they get to face the reigning AL Cy Young winner, Robbie Ray, and the Mariners, who rallied to put that game over and steal the victory yesterday, spoiling Greg Peterson's column. Uh, Christian Javier going for the Astros tonight, a $1.55 favorite uh, against Robbie Ray with a total of eight. That certainly was a shocking turn of events in Dallas yesterday. Yeah. I got on it with you guys. You guys all had it, so I jumped on it in game at seven and a half. And then I bet over five and a half. And of course, your guy, Romo, Romo gives up the two run ding. And then how about in the ninth inning? Bush comes in and gets well, Bush was whacked. worse than him. Worse, worse than <laughs> Romo. I mean, he gets that game tied up. It was five two, should have gotten out of it. Gives up an oppo to tie France. I mean, come on. They were rolling along, and a Perez start looked like they had another victory, and Perez boom. Perez was terrific, as always. Six innings, two, in, uh, two earned runs. Yeah. Did throw um, 105 pitches, which is high for him in six. Yeah, well, he had a lot of 3-2 counts. He a did. Lot. It's, he's a tough pitcher to umpire, though, as they said on the telly. Because everything's moving. And he's it on is. the corners, the corners, the corners, the corners. Got some pretty good calls, though, in that game. Angels have lost 11 in a row. When they lost five in a row and they were playing the Yankees on Monday, you said, I like to back a team in this spot when they've been going bad. You get another shot to back them on a Monday. Cindergard, Red Sox come down the coast from uh, Oakland and throw Michael Wacha now. Uh, just a slight favorite at home tonight. The Angels here with a total of nine of them all. I'll say this. If you're going to back the Angels, you've got to take the run line at one minus one and a half plus 160. But Red Sox won four in a row, dominated against Oakland. How about Richie Hill? Goes six innings, gets the win yesterday. Beats Frankie Montas. Well, listen, the A's scored four runs over the weekend. They are they already made a movie about this team. It's called Major League, where they tried to tank. <laughs> this is exactly what the A's are doing so they can move to Vegas without too much consternation from people in Alameda County. Think of how weak that lineup. There's no punch to it. There's just nobody that can drive runs in. Nobody can hit the ball out. If you're the A's, Mm -hmm. you just sit there and go, you know this team, the ownership doesn't want you to win. I mean, it's awful. This team, this is why we need relegation in American sports. I'm waiting for when they deal Montas. It can't be too long away, can it? No, I don't think he wants to be there either. Nobody does. Guy's got no shot, and they're throwing him out there for seven innings. Somebody every time. sent me a text in a day game. They had thirty-two hundred people at a game. I said, "How was there that many people?" Yeah, is that paid? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in today, folks. Good luck on our abs play tonight. Stay tuned. Up next, betting across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.